look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're with Dave Popovich, Noel Faisal today. Uh, unfortunately, he's away for the day, but um, I'll see if I can poke some shots at him throughout the course of the day. Uh, you're on News Talk 770 and More the Money. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, about fitness and an, uh, a, a, a phrase called compressed morbidity. So is fitness, we know it's good in your lifetime, but is it also good uh, in death? And that's an interesting question to ask, perhaps a little bit morbid, but it is an, there's an, some interesting conclusions here. Now, to help us understand a little bit about this, we've got James Fell, author of the syndicated column In Your Face Fitness, writes that for the uh, Chicago Tribune. He's also a contributor to the LA Times and Men's uh, Health. So you can read his blogs on bodyforwife.com. James, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Dave. Well, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, the benefits of exercise, particularly later in your life, and and maybe just beyond the obvious, right? So... We all, I think, generally know we should stay physically active, but but why? Well, there's the thing about, you know, living longer, because I guess most people want to live longer. But do you really want to live longer if you still got that long downhill slide of, you know, medications in hospitals and tubes and orifices and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But the great thing about being physically active, taking good care of yourself, is you get this thing called compressed morbidity it's also called compressed disability where you actually stay spry and lively right up until you're near the end and then that that whole massive downward slide so make your peace with god type of yeah. type of messaging is mercifully brief so it can be you know compressed into a period of about 6 months or a year as opposed to a 10 year gradual decline it almost sounds morbid to think a little bit about that, right? But but when I was reading the article and the research around around compressed morbidity, I thought to myself, you know what? Who who wouldn't want that, right? You want you want to be as as sharp and alert and active as you can be until the very end. Um, I I'm sure you know people. I know people um, who have been on a decline for literally ten years, and it's it looks terrible. And I, the thing is that you know. 50, 60 years ago, those people, their decline would have been a lot shorter because it's medication, right. modern modern medicine that's keeping them alive, which I'm not saying that we should just let them die or anything like that. Right. But but the actions that you can take when you're younger are going to you know keep you spry. And that, the thing is that the sooner you start, the better. So if you start when you're 60, the benefit isn't going to be nearly as good as if you start when you're like 30 or 40, but there's still a benefit. You know, Jack LaLanne, famous fitness guy, uh, always said it's never too late to start, and he was right. We had an article in the Globe and Mail um, recently talking about uh, two fellas, both in their 80s, mid to late 80s, that were, um, you know, were running races and setting, uh, you know, records for marathons, distance, sprints, the whole nine yards, right? And it's impressive to read those things as a bit of a reminder that it is, it is possible to do that. I'm interested in your thoughts uh, around uh, the kinds of exercises that you, sh- you could or should be doing at different stages in life. I-, I presume that you probably have more options when you're 20 and 30 versus when you're 60 and 70. But can you maybe just give us your thoughts, James, in terms of if you're starting along the, the way here at different ages, what-, what kinds of things would be good things to start with? 
Well, the number one rule is don't get hurt. The older you get, the harder it is to recover from injury. So you want to, you know, push your capabilities so that you get a training effect, but at the same time, don't push so hard that you are not able to recover from it. And I read that article, and what it talks about, there's a spectrum of intensity. There's the really super short burst, all-out type of intensity. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, one of the things that wasn't mentioned in the article, but at the extreme end of the, the spectrum, we've got things like weightlifting. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got the, the long and slow type of things like running marathons. And they they have differing benefits. The one thing about the, the aerobic type of exercise, like cycling or swimming or running for long distances, that is mostly beneficial to your organs, and that includes right. your brain. So, you know, it helps keep your, your brain working well and your heart and lungs and liver and kidneys, all that kind of stuff. But the more strength-building stuff, lifting weights or really high-intensity things, is more about your muscles and your skeletal structure. And they both have tremendous benefits. So the, the aerobic exercise is going to keep your organ, organs functioning well so that you can live a long time and live healthily. But especially for older people, the strength training is really important because it, it helps keep you independent. You can right. still you know, grasp that railing while you're going down those icy stairs so that you don't slip and fall. It'll keep your bones strong in case you do fall. Uh, it allows you to carry your own groceries and shovel your own snow and get in and out of a vehicle and all those types of things. So you don't just want to live a long time. You want to be able to, to you know, be independent. So my advice to people is to do a bit of both. Do some resistance training, whether it's weightlifting or body weight stuff, and do some aerobic stuff, which can just be brisk walking if you want. The, uh, the idea is that your body is trainable, so you ease your way into it and and put some effort in and keep pushing your limits a little bit. But again, like, you know, I'm turning 49 next month and I'm getting to that age where it's like, you know, you got to be a little more careful because things just don't heal up the way they used to. Well, you and I are about the same vintage. I got you by a little bit, but uh, yeah, I know about those waking up with those, uh, those aches and pains and you think, oh, I got a sleeping injury. I wonder how I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any difference between men and women in terms of the advice you would give? Not really. The, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, there, there's little nuances at the, the extreme end of training where you're training for competitive reasons, but the, the information is pretty basic. Do what you can. Uh, try and get a mixture of activities, but most importantly, find something that you enjoy doing because adherence rates for physical activity are notoriously low. So find something that that you can get into and you don't mind expending time, money, and effort on. You know, in one of your um, articles in the Chicago Tribune, um, there was a stat that caught my attention. It was 70% of 70-year-olds can't get up off the floor without grabbing onto something. That sounded astoundingly high. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they, that, and that's the testament to the resistance training, that you need the muscles to be able to, you know, do these daily activities. And you can often tell how fit someone is or, or you know, how spry they are, how much life they've got left in them even by things like grip strength, how easily they get out of a chair, mm-hmm. uh, and how fast or how slow that they walk when people have, are really weak and walk very slowly, that's not a good indication of their future. And, and in that same article, there was actually some research, I think this was back in 2012, um, looking at um, 
what exercise does, not just for aging, but in death. And these were significant extensions in terms of years. Yeah, postponing morbidity and mortality, right? Yeah, I think it was the the seventh day Aventus that they they looked at. We're looking at you know somewhere between fourteen and sixteen years of good quality life extension, and these are people that um, they don't smoke. Uh, so so just as a general rule, if you don't smoke and you either drink lightly or not at all, and you exercise regularly, and you have a healthy diet, and your body weight is uh, you know at a relatively healthy range you're going to live a lot longer and a lot better than the rest of the population. Well, this is that preventative medicine that we talk about. I mean, we do a lot of shows here in Canada talking about the healthcare system and with this big demographic uh, move that, you know, uh, bubble that we've got moving through the healthcare system that it's going to be very difficult from a service perspective to continue to provide it. Now, we provide it a little differently in Canada than you do in the U.S. But these are things, I mean... These I'm actually are things... in Canada. I live in Calgary. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I thought, uh, you know, I thought you were down in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, you get it. But, but the, you know, the, the, uh, the things that we can do as individuals, uh, James, are, and within our control, can extend quality and length of life, um, you know, by just doing the right things. Yeah, I mean, there there is a bit of social responsibility that, that people, I think, I, I encourage them to consider that if everyone is not taking care of themselves, then the system is primed for collapse. But also, you know, think about your own self-interest. Think yeah. about your family and wanting to just live a good quality life for a long time and wanting to be there for, you know, kids and grandkids and, and that type of thing that, uh, that you know, there, there's a lot of motivation to do this. Yeah. And, you know, just think about that hospital bed, tubes and orifices, long downhill slide. It doesn't sound pleasant. And there are steps that you can take now to prevent that. In, in 20 seconds or less, how much exercise is enough? Uh, well, there, the American College of Sports Medicine recommends up to an hour a day, five or six times a week. But it doesn't have to be super high intensity. And the thing is, your average Canadian's watching about three hours of TV every day. So don't tell me you don't have the time for that. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Great point to leave that on. We're running out of time. Thanks for joining us today, James. You're very welcome, Dave. All right. James Fell, author of the syndicated column In Your Face Fitness. That's for the Chicago Tribune and a contributor to the L.A. Times and Men's Health. Uh, and you can read about um, uh, or his blog, I guess, on uh, bodyforwife.com. Now, we've got a seminar coming up on Monday, June 19th at 7 o'clock at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. We'll see all of our friends down south. If you're interested in, uh, in um, uh, not just being able to afford the time to do fitness, but to afford the, the, the lifestyle that you want, that is what we're going to be talking about. Give us a call at 966-8400 to register for that or go on the, the website at morethanmoneyradio.com. Stay tuned after the break to learn about what to do with those family heirlooms that your kids may not want. You're listening to News Talk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.